You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Better Health with April. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, you are going to love it. I enjoy talking about this topic because I love food so much and I love the power it has to heal your body. And so I'm going to be talking about nutrition and diet and vitamins and how you can use it to optimize and nourish your cycle and hormones. Now, before we dive into that, I'm going to give a little bit of a guideline for what everyone basically should be practicing, um, not just to optimize your hormones, but to optimize your whole entire body. body. So that includes um, getting rid of all those an- or those inflammatories in your diet. So getting rid of sugar, alcohol, dairy, um, wheat and or gluten, um, trying to get rid of the stress in your life. I know that's a difficult thing to do, especially during this time in this day and age. Um, Bad oils and fats and processed foods and all that kind of junk and obviously like soda and diet sodas and um, artificial sweeteners. So those are a lot of the guidelines that many of you maybe have heard of. Um, If you're hearing it for the first time, this is something that you should be practicing because this really can do a toll on your body and um, really, really hurt it in for the long run. So thinking about all those, thinking about sugar, for example, sugar has this way of sticking to your cells. So think about, you know, the sugar that, you know, gets wet or um, gets into a liquid type of form. It gets sticky. Now, in a way, it does the same thing in your body. So this sugar that you consume gets sticky and it kind of Globulates onto your cells, which honestly, yeah, your cells are not going to like that, and that's not going to optimize your body. It's going to create um, more inflammation ultimately and do a toll on your body. So then, also thinking about alcohol, for example, alcohol, especially for women, has the tendency to um, increase your estrogen. Now, it t- a lot depends a lot on the person and your genetic makeup, um, and the your ability to detoxify and maybe you have a susceptibility um, to increase histamine in your body. So that's gonna take a different effect on your body compared to someone else that might not struggle as much with that. But um, alcohol, for example, if you have one alcoholic drink a week, that can increase your estrogen in so many different ways and increase it greatly um, just by incorporating a drink a week into your diet. So um, it's something you wanna really be careful of and be mindful of. Um, I'm not saying like, you know, don't drink or anything, but it's something you do have to consider. Now, um, balancing your blood sugar levels is crazy important as well. So many people, um, especially with hormonal issues, struggle with their insulin levels and balancing their um, blood sugar. And so ultimately, here's a cool little fact about it. I mean, I guess not so cool if you struggle with it, but when your blood sugar drops and it's in an all-time low place, um, your prefrontal cortex of your brain also drops in its ability to process and think think straight. And because of that, then you have the tendency to continue to actually eat sugary foods. So for example, if you're trying to stay away from it, um, 
you you indulge in some sugary foods your prefrontal frontal cortex will actually drop because your blood sugar drops and then you have the tendency to um, go eat more sugar because you just there's no processing and um, good decision making going on in your brain so it's something you really have to nip in the butt and take the willpower to do and really alter your mindset for that a great analogy that I like to use that Dr. Tom Williams um, wrote about in his book, The Original Prescription, is um, think of it this way, your insulin levels and um, your blood sugar, it's almost as if you are on a river, a boating trip, where when your insulin levels are in check, you're at the beginning of the river where it's calm and it's easy to paddle back and forth, so up the stream and down the stream, but the more um, out of control your insulin blood sugar levels begin to get to, um, you're going down the river farther and farther. And the farther you go, the choppier the waters get, the harder it gets to turn back. And ultimately then at the end, when you hit that waterfall where you really can't turn back, that's when you end up developing type 2 diabetes. So think of it as a river where, you know, it's easier in the beginning to turn back around, but the farther down you go, it gets choppier and choppier, and the harder it's going to be to paddle back upstream and repair yourself. So you really want to take it seriously when it comes to your blood sugar levels and keeping it in check and um, doing the work to heal yourself with it. So a great way to balance your insulin levels is to use intermittent fasting. So I'm going to lead into um, what diet should look like during the menstrual phase. Now, the menstrual phase is, you know, days one through seven. It might be a little shorter for some women. And this is when um, you have your first heavy bleed. So don't mistake it for any little bit of spotting that you may have. The first day is when you have the heaviest um, or a heavier flow, not spotting. And think of this phase as more so of like the winter phase, I guess you could say, where you're going to, you know, eat foods that are a lot more grounding, a lot more warming um, compared to the other phases. And you're going to do a lot of time for um, self-reflection, like I said in my one of my previous episodes. And this is a time that I like to also label as replenishing. So obviously you're losing a lot of blood during that time. And um, because you're losing that blood, you want to make sure that you are replenishing your body. So keeping your blood and kidneys um, like clear and clean um, by t- taking in certain minerals and vitamins and replenishing with food that is very nourishing and has a lot of nutrients to it. Um, for example, um, you will be losing a lot of iron, obviously, because you're losing a lot of blood. And in order to absorb that iron, you're going to also need to um, pair it up with vitamin C. The two together work hand in hand. And then zinc is also a great um, vitamin that you can use to remineralize and refresh your blood. Um, Now, if you are someone that is really struggling with, let's say, cramps um, or certain pain that you may have, um, that's due to the prostaglandins. And so there's some ways that you can tone that down by um, increasing your omega-3 intake, whether that's through a supplement or certain foods. Um, turmeric is a great um, tool that you can use as well, along with magnesium. Those all work to tone down the prostaglandins, to tone down the pain that you may be experiencing. Um, and the more that you cycle sync, the more you'll notice that you will not have the pain that maybe you had before, like cramps or whatnot. 
So um, during the menstrual phase, like I said, you're focusing on replenishing and you're going to want to focus on warming and grounding foods. So what are some of those foods? Well, I like to think of them as a lot of darker foods. So beets are a great um, vegetable that you can incorporate that is nutrient dense. Um, It's grounding. It's going to stabilize your blood sugar. Um, And then also thinking about, you know, darker berries. They have a lot of antioxidants that will tone down um, whatever inflammation that might be occurring. Because if you think about it, a lot is going on down there. Um, you are shedding your uterine lining. And so that's a big process. So you want to reduce the inflammation as much as possible. You don't want to include anything that's going to inflame your body. So like I've noticed, for example, in my life that when I incorporate dairy into my diet, I don't anymore, but when I did, um, my flow was a lot heavier. And a lot of times, your flow ends up being heavier because you have excess estrogen and it's not the good estrogen that you want. So um, dairy can produce histamine, it can um, produce more bad estrogens in your body and produce inflammation ultimately then, which can lead to, you know, heavier flow, cramps. And so by incorporating darker fruits like berries, they have a lot of antioxidants, which can suppress a lot of that too. And so Focusing on foods that are going to replenish, for example, also kale and kelp and um, seafood or seaweed, I should say, those are very nutrient dense. And kale, for example, has iron in it. It has vitamin K. And what's neat is because you need vitamin C to pair with the iron, um, kale is also dense with that as well. And it's just neat how God created so many different vegetables and fruits that not only have one mineral or vitamin, but it also has the next that is going to help it to absorb as well. So kale is a great um, food. Anything that has a lot of nutrients in it, a lot of them that are known as superfoods are going to be great during this time because um, you have the tendency to get fatigued, especially if you're not getting the vitamins and minerals that you need during this time. So really trying to replenish yourself and focusing on warming foods. So for example, Um, bone broth or warm soups. That's a great way to replenish electrolytes and um, replenish your blood as well. I personally advise to stay away from a lot of grains. You want nutrient-dense foods and um, however you just want to stay away from grains because oftentimes they will increase inflammation in your body and produce bloating um, because your body is trying to process the shedding of your uterine lining, you're not going to want to try to also um, digest a lot of different hard to digest foods, I guess you could say, that could produce inflammation. So you're going to really want to focus on foods that are easy to process, but are also going to replenish your body as well. Um, So why did I bring up intermittent fasting before? Well, during the menstrual phase, based on research I've done in the past, I've come to notice that intermittent fasting and fasting for even longer periods than just 16 hours is an okay time to do during your menstrual phase. Now, intermittent fasting is a wonderful way to ultimately bring down um, your cortisol levels and balance those and also balance your insulin levels. And those two are culprits of producing inflammation in your body. So There's a hormonal hierarchy where it starts with oxytocin at the top. Now, this is a hormone that is released um, 
when you have a strong connection with someone, cuddling, um, physical touch like that, that's going to be released. And so when that's in check, then next comes cortisol. And cortisol happens, um, elevated cortisol levels happen when you are in a stressed state. So by suppressing your cortisol levels, that is done through reducing your stress, also fasting. And then when that's in check, then it comes the insulin levels. Insulin levels can be um, balanced out when you fast as well. And then ultimately at the bottom of it all, your sex hormones come into play. So once all those are in check, then your sex hormones can um, heal or just work the way that they should. Because like I said in a previous episode, um, the hormones are at the least of the worries when your body is in an inflamed state. Your body is more focused on um, helping the vital organs at that point versus thinking about estrogen and um, progesterone, testosterone, all the hormones. So um, intermittent fasting is really a cool um, tool that you can use to get your body in check. So this requires fasting for about 16 hours or so. So let's say you eat dinner and you end up eating at 5 p.m. that night before. You're going to want to wait another 16 hours through the night to eat your next meal. So whether that's a little later in the morning or earlier, depending on when you eat supper the night before, um, intermittent fasting is going to be a really great tool to get your cortisol levels and insulin levels, insulin, insulin, excuse me, levels in check. Um, I've had so many benefit from it. It's reduced so much inflammation in my body. Um, it helps DNA repair, um, glucose metabolism, down regulates different cancers. It's just a miracle worker like that. So moving on to the follicular phase. So that was the menstrual phase, focusing on replenishing your body um, through different um, nutrient-dense foods. Then the follicular phase, phase is the time that you're going to begin to increase in estrogen, like I said in one of my previous episodes. So estrogen is starting to increase, um, which is quite different from the menstrual phase where you hardly have any hormone action going on. So follicular phase is oftentimes considered like a spring phase. So I like to use the term um, rebuilding. So I like to use rebuilding because you are rebuilding whatever happened the previous month. So you're going to be rebuilding your gut. You're going to be rebuilding your, um, your whole body and just how you feel and rebuilding your hormones. Um, it's just a great analogy that I like to use. And the thing with follicular phase is because you're going to be rebuilding, you're going to want to focus on um, the spring-like foods that are going to promote that. So for example, um, including light and fresh vegetables in your diet that are nice and green, so a lot of salads during that time, um, including Brussels sprout, sprouts, for example, is a great addition because it has a lot of phytoestrogen. And now the beauty of Brussels sprouts and many other cruciferous vegetables, such as like broccoli and cabbage, for example, those all work in a beautiful way of um, keeping your estrogen levels at bay and not allowing them to get crazy or estrogen toxicity and those vegetables are going to actually promote um, a certain type of estrogen called 2-hydroxy estrogen. Now the 2-hydroxy is a really great estrogen to have in your body. It's a healthy estrogen. Um, then there are other estrogens that are more harmful. So the 4-hydroxy 
Um, and then I believe it's the 16 hydroxy as well. Um, my bad if I got that number wrong. Those are more toxic and that's going to produce a lot more PMS symptoms when you have more of those levels of estrogen versus the 2-hydroxy. So a great way to keep those levels at bay and promote the good 2-hydroxy um, estrogen is to incorporate Brussels sprouts and different cruciferous vegetables. So during the follicular phase, focus on those spring-like vegetables, um, those greens, leafy greens, salads, um, avocados, and any healthy fats are great as well because since you have an increase in energy and estrogen, um, the fats are really going to help to balance and increase that energy and nourish the um, follicle that will end up producing um, or rupturing in the future um, of that egg during ovulation. So you want to really want to nourish those follicles. And what's crazy about the follicular phase is your egg in the follicle that produces that egg actually has is affected from what you did three months earlier so let's say for example you're having an off cycle and you might be having just it's not in check it might be a little short a little long um, more pms symptoms that is all based off of what occurred three months earlier so think back to three months, 100 days earlier, what was going on? Were you more stressed? Were you not eating enough? Did you not get the nutrients you needed? So whatever you did three months earlier is going to end up affecting your cycle um, today. So during the follicular phase, you're also going to want to focus on um, rebuilding with um, certain vitamins and minerals. And a great way to do that is with Brazil nuts as well. Brazil nuts are a great tool to use to replenish with selenium. And selenium is a vital nutrient you need. Um, you're also going to want to have lighter meats as well. You want protein. Um, protein is so essential in amino acids. Um, but make sure they're lighter because you need to rebuild um, down there because you really were using a lot of energy, a lot of nutrients and everything from the phase before. So like I said, it's a time for rebuilding. So replenishing your um, good probiotics and a great way to do that is through um, different foods that produce enzymes. So for example, sprouted foods are a great tool. Fermented foods are awesome. Apple cider vinegar, it's going to promote the good acid, the good bacteria in your stomach. And it's going to set you up for success for the upcoming phases after. This is a time to rebuild and reset for the upcoming phases. So um, also you may notice that your hunger is going to be suppressed and that's due to an increase in estrogen as well. And so, and that's okay. That's actually natural. Um, you don't need to be eating quite as much as in the second phase, um, but you still want to be eating enough nutrients and getting the vitamins and minerals you need to nourish the follicle that will eventually release an egg during ovulation. So a lot of information I threw at you. Thanks for listening to the whole thing if you're at this point. Um, I really encourage you to take the steps um, by using the guidelines I gave during this episode. So take a few steps. It might seem like a lot. So make a few changes in your life that is going to promote um, cycle syncing and nourishing your cycle. So whether that is um, getting rid of some of those inflammatory foods and then swapping it out with pro um, uh, anti-inflammatory foods, I should say, 
or maybe it's including um, during your menstrual cycle more nourishing foods that are more nutrient dense. So having a lot more soups during that time. Maybe you could also take the action step of intermittent fasting. I don't know. Do whatever resonated with you um, because one change is going to um, increase and help you to do other changes in the future as well. So you really need to take responsibility over your own health and take a stand to um, nourish yourself so that you can optimize your body and then that you can thrive in your life so that you can serve better and live better um, for others as well. So appreciate you listening. Subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed this episode and my other episodes as well. I greatly appreciate you all so much, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Bye for now. Better Health with April offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.